This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 106 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPP and Television Center Take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bob, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1981. Checking In premiered on CBS on April 9, 1981 at 8 p.m., an unsuccessful spinoff of The Jeffersons, with sassy maid Florence, Marla Gibbs, moving out to become executive housekeeper at a snazzy Manhattan hotel. Liz Torres played her assistant, Patrick Collins, the house detective, because I guess the show was set in the 1940s. Robert Costanzo, the engineer, Ruth Brown, a floor supervisor, seems like a lot of management overhead, with Jordan Gibbs as the bellboy. Mash's Larry Linville plays her boss. He really never had much luck after his best and main role. Of course, we covered Marla Gibbs in episode 74 for The Jeffersons and Larry Linville in episode 66 for Mash. Liz Torres was covered in episode 77 for Phyllis, Robert Costanzo in episode 89 for Joe and Valerie, and Ruth Brown in episode 94 for Hello, Larry. Patrick Collins was a well-known character actor with his only other regular role being the bizarre Super Train. This was Jordan Gibbs' only acting role, and he might have gotten it because he was the star's ex-husband. CBS's high hopes that checking in would be another successful descendant of mega-hit All in the Family were dashed when it went up against another spinoff, Mork and Mindy. Low ratings resulted in the show disappearing after only four episodes— Gibbs Florence character returned to the mothership, explaining that the hotel had burned down. Like most of Norman Lear's misfires, you won't find an episode online. Nick at Night did show the entire series at one time. Now, I did find the opening theme, and it's kind of a fast gospel explaining the show. Gibbs would get another shot at the brass ring on 227. <laughs> Park Place premiered on CBS on April 9th, 1981 at 8 p.m. Writer-producer Reinhold Wieg attempted to use the same formula as the successful Barney Miller, just with lawyers instead of cops. Harold Gould plays the head of a legal aid clinic with assistant attorneys played by David Clennon, the naive one, Don Kalfa, the opportunist, Mary Elaine Monty, the women's liber, Lionel Smith as the wheelchair-bound veteran, and James Widows as the Harvard grad. Alice Drummond played the secretary and Cal Gibson, the receptionist. Now, we covered Harold Gould in episode 72 for Rhoda and James Widows in episode 94 for Delta House. David Clennon studied at the Yale School of Drama before racking up 133 IMDb credits so far, recurring or a regular on Barney Miller, of course, 30-something, Almost Perfect, Once and Again, The Agency, Saved, Ghost Whisperer, and Code Black, winning an Emmy for Dream On, with films Coming Home, Grey Lady Down, the 1982 version of The Thing, The Right Stuff, Syriana, and Gone Girl. Don Kalfa began work in the theater, appearing in Mating Dance and Lenny on Broadway, but most of his career was as a character actor on TV and in films. 
did a lot of TV guest roles, and recurred in various parts on Barney Miller. Films include Cinderella Liberty, New York, New York, Foul Play, 10, 1941, The Postman Always Rings Twice, The Return of the Living Dead, The Presidio, Weekend at Bernie's, and Bugsy. Clennon passed in 2016. Mary Elaine Monty trained under the Meisner Method and was a member of early improv group Ace Trucking Company alongside the recently departed Fred Willard. She also recurred on Law & Order SVU. Lionel Mark Smith would go on to a run on Days of Our Lives and the film Magnolia. He passed in 2008. Alice Drummond had already been nominated for a Tony for The Chinese and had runs on Dark Shadows and Ryan's Hope prior to this series. She'd go on to series Lenny and Franny's turn, as well as playing the librarian in Ghostbusters. Other films include Awakenings, To Wong Fu Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Drummond Passed in 2016. Like its schedule mate, Checking In, Park Place lasted all of four episodes, and it's mostly referenced online alongside that series in short promos. The New York Times gave it a positive review, though. of your in western lore a man returned from civil war his heart beat pure beneath his best his name was best best of the west but not alone best of the west premiered on abc on september 10th 1981 at 8 p.m a parody of tv westerns from a writer of mary tyler moore show taxi and later produced major dad Civil War vet Sam Best, Joel Higgins, drags his new wife Elvira, Carlene Watkins, and son Daniel, Mino Palouse, west to start a new life. He accidentally runs a gunfighter out of town and winds up as the new marshal. Now he has to deal with Parker Tillman, Leonard Frey, a villain who happens to own most of the town. He's also the opposite of what you would expect, fastidious and almost fey. Tillman's henchman was played by Tracy Walter, with Valerie Bromfield as a mountain woman, Tom Yule as the local doctor, and Macon McCalman as the mayor. We covered Mino Palouse in episode 96 for the Bad News Bears, Valerie Bromfield in episode 95 for Angie, and Tom Yule all the way back in episode 21 for his eponymous sitcom. Joel Higgins had originally worked for GM in their advertising department before joining the Army doing entertainment special services. He then wrote a musical review that went on the road, followed by the national tour of Greece and Broadway's Shenandoah, other Broadway work, Oklahoma, and City of Angels. At the same time, he had a run on Search for Tomorrow, followed by Salvage One. After Best of the West, he went on to co-star on Silver Spoons and Have Faith. He moved into TV movies and guest roles after that, along with regional theater work. Carlene Watkins was doing TV guest work and a role on The Secret Empire, part of an attempt by NBC to resuscitate the movie serial prior to Best of the West. She went on to co-star on It's Not Easy, Mary, The Tortellis, Dear John, and Bob. She's also the wife of Ed Weinberger, who produced many of those shows. Leonard Frey is better known for the stage, studying under Meisner with roles on Broadway's Fiddler on the Roof, getting an Oscar nom for the film version, and a Kurt Weill cabaret. He also appeared in the original The Boys in the Band, as well as the film. Post-Best, he went on to recur or be a regular on Mr. Smith and Mr. Sunshine. Frey died from AIDS-related illness in 1988. Tracy Waters made a career out of playing henchmen and goons with a total of 177 IMDb credits so far. 
He was part of Jonathan Demme's troupe, Something Wild, Married to the Mob, The Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, Beloved, The Manchurian Candidate, as well as Danny DeVito's troupe, Matilda, Death to Smoochie, and Duplex, and Jack Nicholson in nine of his films. Other films, Annie Hall, Batman, Repo Man, and Aaron Brockovich. Apart from a ton of TV guest roles, he recurred or was a regular on On the Air, Nash Bridges, and Reno 911. His most recent role was in 2016. Macon McCalman was another character actor with 115 IMDb credits, mostly playing heavies in guest roles. Films include Deliverance, Airport 79, The Falcon and the Snowman, Fried Green Tomatoes, and Falling Down, with a recurring role also playing a mayor on Palmerstown, USA. McCalman retired in 1997 and passed in 2005. Best of the West was a strange series, a parody more in the vein of Get Smart, at a time when such shows were out of fashion. It never caught on, but almost got a second season until Higgins signed up for Silver Spoons. Due to the existence of another series with the same name, a hunting show on the Outdoor Channel, I can only find the opening theme online, sung by movie cowboy Rex Allen. You can purchase the series on DVD via Amazon. Working in a garage is not exactly Camelot, but it's where I met Zack. I'm a wizard who works alone. Not anymore. Now they tell me I need an apprentice. And he's it. The Merlin? You have to be over 1,600 years old. Well, I do 30 push-ups a day and I don't eat fried food. Did you part the Red Sea? Oh, I'm good, but I'm, I'm not that good. Mr. Merlin premiered on CBS on October 7th, 1981 at 8 p.m., Bernard Hughes plays the mystical wizard now disguised as a modern-day mechanic. He hires Zack, Clark Brandon, who accidentally pulls a crowbar out of a bucket of cement, a.k.a. pulling the sword from the stone, leaving Merlin in a position to train him. Elaine Joyce plays magician Alexandra, who acts as Merlin's liaison to a mysterious council. Jonathan Prince plays Zack's buddy, who, of course, has no idea his friend is a wizard in training. We covered Bernard Hughes in episode 76 for Doc and Clark Brand in episode 98 for Out of the Blue. Elaine Joyce got started in mostly uncredited roles in film musicals as a dancer, West Side Story, The Music Man, Bye Bye Birdie, Funny Girl, all while doing TV guest spots and variety shows. She co-starred in Broadway's Sugar, a musical version of Some Like It Hot. Joyce became a mainstay on the game show circuit, later hosting a version of The Dating Game. There was also a co-starring role on the series City of Angels with a later recurring role on Beverly Hills 90210. Joyce has had a number of relationships, a marriage to actor and dancer Bobby Van ending in his death, a multi-year relationship with J.D. Salinger, and a marriage to Neil Simon also ending in his death. Her last IMDb entry was in the 90s. Jonathan Prince had just appeared in Halloween 2 when Mr. Merlin came along. He would go on to recur or be a regular on Throb, moving into directing and producing. Blossom, American Dreams, Kane, American Soul, Four Weddings and a Funeral, the series, and writing, Sweet Valley High and The Cleaner. Prince co-wrote and produced George Burns' film, 18 Again. Mr. Merlin lasted for a full season, mostly buoyed by Clark Brandon's good looks. He was a regular in Tiger Beat, and most of the IMDb reviews mention his blue eyes. I found the opening theme online along with a French dubbed episode. I would have to pay a service to translate it, no dice. The concept is so simple, I could still figure out what was going on. 
Maggie premiered on ABC on October 24, 1981 at 8 p.m., not to be confused with a 1998 syndicated sitcom of the same name, which we will get to. This one's based on the humor of Irma Bombeck, with Miriam Flynn playing the titular character, a housewife in Dayton, Ohio. Husband Len, James Hampton, was a vice principal, with kids Bruce, Christian Jacobs, Mark, Billy Jacoby, and LJ, never seen, always in the bathroom. Doris Roberts played Maggie's friend and hairdresser. Miriam Flynn was in the Second City Troop alongside Shelley Long, George Went, Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, and James Belushi. A run on Tim Conway's variety show led to Maggie. She primarily did voice work after that. Foofer, The New Yogi Bear Show, DuckTales, Tasmania, The 1994 Tick, Bobby's World, The Legend of Calamity Jane, The Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper, The Land Before Time as Grandma Longneck, Chalk Zone, and Babe. She was also a regular or recurred on Raising Miranda, Stand By Your Man, Malcolm and Eddie, Grounded for Life, and Suburgatory. She also played Cousin Catherine in the National Lampoon's Vacation franchise, other films Mr. Bomb, 18 Again, and Stealing Home. Christian Jacobs began as a child actor going on to play Joey Stivick on Gloria and voice work on Adventures of the Gummy Bears. As an adult, he was the lead singer of the Aquabats and co-created Yo Gabba Gabba, writing and doing voice work for that. Films include Pretty in Pink and Gleaming the Cube. In addition, Jacobs was a skateboarder and did art design for Tony Hawk. James Hampton was covered in episode 40 for F Troop and Doris Roberts in episode 95 for Angie. Maggie lasted all of eight episodes. I guess Irma Bombeck's humor didn't translate well to the screen. She was the writer and executive producer of the show. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is generically wacky and the humor is a little flat. At one point, there's a line that I think was supposed to get a joke, but got zero response. Please believe me, lately my whole world is changing. Suddenly you're here, and my life's better than before. We're friends forever, sharing everything together. Always understanding just how much the other cares. Love, Sydney premiered on NBC on October 28, 1981, at 9.30 p.m. A sitcom with a pioneering lead character, despite network interference. Tony Randall returned to TV as Sydney, a well-to-do man living in New York, who befriends actress Lori, Swoozie Kurtz, and her daughter Patty, Kalina Kiff. They wind up sharing Sydney's apartment. Does that mean some adult shenanigans? No, because Sydney is gay. In fact, in the TV movie, a.k.a. The Backdoor Pilot, his character is openly gay. Sidney was a commercial artist working for Jason, played by Chip Zian, who had a secretary played by Lynn Thigpen. Alan North played a neighbor, and Barbara Byrne was added as a new neighbor in the second season. She was attracted to Sidney, which was problematic. Now, we covered Tony Randall in episode 57 for The Odd Couple, Swoozy Kurtz was a military brat but wound up at USC for drama as well as the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. She started with a few TV guest roles while trying to break into the theater. 
Kurtz would do quite well on the stage, winning three Obies and two Tonys, the Mineola Twins, the House of Blue Leaves, Uncommon Women and Others, Fifth of July, Love Letters, Imaginary Friends. Love, Sydney was her first regular TV series role, but went on to Sisters, Love and Money, That's Life, Huff, Pushing Daisies, Rita Rocks, Mike and Molly, The Dangerous Book for Boys, and Man with a Plan, winning an Emmy for Guest Actress and eight more Emmy nominations. She's scheduled to appear in Mayim Bialik's new series, Call Me Cat, and has done voice work for American Dad. Films include The World According to Garp, Bright Lights Big City, Stanley and Iris, Dangerous Liaisons, and Liar Liar. Kalina Kiff was a child actor and went on to the new Leave it to Beaver, as well as voice work on Pole Position, NASCAR Racers, and Oliver and Company, later switching to producing, Reese also directing and writing, and some documentaries. Kiff also produced and directed the BAFTA-winning film The Legend of Barney Thompson. Chip Zian started in the theater doing regional and off-Broadway work, moving to Broadway in All Over Town, Into the Woods, Grand Hotel, Falsettos, Les Miserables, and he had a run on Ryan's Hope just prior to Love, Sydney. He followed this with regular or recurring roles on Reggie, Shell Game, Almost Perfect, Now and Again, All My Children, Deadline, Law and Order, and continues to do guest TV work. Films include The Rose, Howard the Duck playing the title character, The Siege, and United 93. Lynn Thigpen had a long theatrical career. Godspell, also the film version, The Magic Show, Tin Types winning a Tony, Fences, An American Daughter, a second Tony, Jar the Floor winning an Obie, Bozeman and Lena, a second Obie. In terms of TV, she went on to 30-something, FM, L.A. Law, All My Children, The District, other films, The Warriors, Tootsie, Streets of Fire, Lean on Me, Bob Roberts, The Insider, Bicentennial Man, and Anger Management. Thigben also played the chief on Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego and Luna on Bear in the Big Blue House. She passed in 2003. Alan North started as a stage manager in New York. He played the captain on Police Squad and was a regular or recurred on Tough Cookies and Family Album. Films include Plaza Suite, Serpico, and Justice for All, Highlander, Lean on Me, and The Long Kiss Goodnight, North Past, in 2000. Barbara Byrne was born in the UK and appeared in Canada's Stratford Shakespeare Festival, then off to Broadway, Sunday in the Park with George, Hay Fever, and Into the Woods. Love, Sydney was her only regular TV role, but she did have a role on early Mr. Rogers episodes when it was still being shot in Canada. So, Tony Randall's character was clearly gay in the TV movie. But when NBC announced it was moving to series, the moral majority made a big fuss. It showed a positive view of homosexuality. Shock horror. So, the network caved, making the character, at least to start, more of a confirmed bachelor, with only minor hints that anything else was going on. The New York Times referred to his character as fussy and fastidious. The move to series had another change. Lorna Patterson had played Laurie in the TV movie, but had already committed to Private Benjamin, requiring the switch to Swoozie Kurtz. Her character and daughter had moved to L.A. at the end of the movie so she could become a star, but that fell through. Now she plays a vixen on a soap opera. Her relationship with Sidney is clearly platonic, with Randall playing more of an older brother and uncle to the kid. Randall didn't want to return to TV. He only did it to fund his new theater company and insisted it be shot in New York. He got the money, but did have to shoot in L.A. for part of the run. 
This show did very well in metropolitan areas with a large openly gay population, but not the rest of the country at the time. In the second season, Sidney's homosexuality became less coded and came out after a failed attempt to set him up with a woman. The second season also brought more of the very special episode concept to the series. It was in fashion at NBC at the time. I found an episode on Daily Motion. The cloyingly sweet opening theme is sung by Randall, Kurtz, and Kiff. It's in Randall's key, which really doesn't work for the others. The show continues the same feel. It's more like a play than a TV show. Randall and Kurtz really do sell it, though. More of 1981 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time. <laughs>